Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Friday, November the 22nd, 2019. We are in year C, proper 29, the 24th Sunday after Pentecost. This is like a New Year's Eve. Like This is the last day before we get into year A, which is the start of the new year in church life, where we get into a different cycle for the lectionary. And so we're going to cover the gospel text today, like we always do on Fridays here on When Our Eyes. So I'm going to read from Luke chapter 23, verses 33 through 43. I'll read that passage. I'll offer a couple of points of reflection, and then we'll pray along those themes. But thanks for being here and making this part of your morning on When I Rise. Luke 23, verses 33 through 43. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they have divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written a notice above him, which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we are getting what we our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the word of God for us. Let me offer just a couple points of reflection as we pray. Uh, this morning from the Gospel text, Luke 23. This is Luke's version of the crucifixion before the death of Jesus. And there are points where he is in agreement with Matthew and Mark, and there's some points that are distinct from him. And so I just think it's important in a general sense that at the very end of the lectionary, they put the story of the crucifixion, because this is the center of the Christian faith, along with the resurrection, to tell about our story. And this makes sense during this week, because if you can remember from the Old Testament reading from Jeremiah 23, Jeremiah brought an accusation against the false shepherds and a craving and God's promise for a new shepherd. And so this is a similar theme that we see from Colossians chapter 1 from yesterday, is that Jesus suffering and dying is the way that he shows he is fully God and fully human, and he's the one to take care of the people of God, that he is the head of the church. And so here we see Jesus uh, doing some interesting things as he's on the cross. Uh, there's some irony here in this text, uh, a few things that, that are a point of difference uh, from what people would have ex expected hearing this story for the first time. First, if, this, if Jesus is the Lord of the whole world, it is upside down to think that he should be suffering like he is. Um, he's enthroned here, but he's enthroned in the midst of mockery. You notice that the different people around the cross are mocking him. The soldiers are offering him uh, something to drink, but they're not cupbearers in a real king's court. They're offering him something disgusting uh, to drink. There is a sign above him um, that says that he is the king of the Jews, but it's said in jest uh, because I think Rome wanted to give a statement uh, to those who might try to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, that this is what happens. This is where the end of the road is if you think that you are a revolutionary and someone who's coming about bringing the kingdom 
God. Do you notice that Jesus is doing something unique here? Instead of cursing his enemies that many martyrs would have done in their last dying moments, Jesus is offering a place of forgiveness. And one of the distinctions that Luke has in his gospel is that with these two criminals at his right and to his left, uh, the other synoptic writers, Matthew and Mark, uh, they say that these other criminals are even mocking him or they're silent. Uh, there's a, just a difference of opinion here. But there's this one on Jesus' right hand who is coming to his defense. And uh, a little bit later in this passage, as Jesus dies, one of the centurions from Rome called Jesus a righteous person, that he was not guilty, that he was an innocent one. And so we have Jesus, even in his moments of agony, he is interacting with someone seeking restoration in their soul. And so Jesus offers a blessing over him in the last verse of the passage. He says, truly I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. So Jesus says, I'm going to care for you now. And this term for paradise in the original thought wasn't um, heaven beyond, but it was simply that Jesus would continue to keep care of him um, even after life was over. And so here we have a vision of what it means to be a shepherd within God's kingdom. It's to take a lowly road. It's to offer forgiveness instead of accusation. And it's to continue to give of ourselves all the way to the end. This is why Jesus is the only suitable Savior. This is why the, the apostles later in the book of Acts would say that there's no other name under heaven given to people by which, by which we must be saved. Jesus is a unique one. He gives his life for the sake of many. And so we receive that gift of salvation because Jesus died for us. He uh, ascribes life over us because he gave up his life willingly for those whom God uh, pleased for him, was pleased for him to do so. I think another way is to say if we want to be Christian followers, we want to be like Jesus, uh, that we must do similar ways, that we should be a shepherd like Jesus, that we should offer words of forgiveness, that we should offer hope and restoration to the brokenness that's all around us, that we should not uh, retaliate or return accusation for accusation like would have been maybe expected of Jesus at this moment, or to curse his enemies. No, Jesus blesses them. He asks that God would forgive them. Uh, he becomes a healing presence instead of antagonizing presence. So let's pray for that this morning, that we receive this lowly king's offer to us, to receive his life because he willingly gave his life for ours. And the second thing is, is that we'd follow in the footsteps of Jesus, that we would be like our brother Paul, who said that he wants to participate in the sufferings of Christ. May we participate as well in the fractures and the frays in the world around us, to not retaliate, not to respond accusation with accusation, but to forgive and to restore and to offer words of hope and healing. So let's spend some time praying together this morning. Father God, we thank you for the end of a work week and a school week as we approach today. We thank you that as our feet hit the floor, we take those first breaths in our lungs uh, to start a new day and rub the sleep out of our eyes and make our way towards the first things that we do every single morning. We thank you that uh, many things can be flooded in our minds at this point, but we thank you that we um, can choose to have a soul full of praise and a mind that's uh, set on things above and a heart uh, that loves God and loves people around us. And so today as we end a work week, as we think about the suffering of Christ, uh, we hear your call this morning for a couple of things. Number one is to, to be eager to receive. God, we thank you that when you talk about the kingdom, the two ways in which you tell us to interact with the kingdom is to enter it and to receive it. 
So God, we choose to enter the kingdom of heaven this day, which is an upside down kingdom. It was upside down in the way, in the way which Jesus treated those who crucified him and, and brought hardship towards his life and ultimately led to the end of his life. Uh, he sought to serve them and to pray for them. So God, we know that if we want to enter into the kingdom of the heavens, that we need to look at uh, this world upside down. And so God, we ask that you give us the grace to do so this morning. God, we receive the gift of salvation. We receive your love and your life for us. We know that we can't earn it. We know that um, that you are never in our debt, but we're in your debt. And as we wait for your response for that, you cancel the debt of sin against that we have against you, and you offer us freely the gift of salvation. And so, God, our hearts swell with love and gratitude because of that. We thank you that you've made us as people of your family. But we also thank you that uh, entering into your family... Um, springs upon us this interesting responsibility or maybe what the biblical writers call an obligation and that obligation is to follow the way of Christ and so God we understand that we could be out of sorts with people in our life just like Jesus was on the cross and we understand that people might mock us or they might falsely accuse us we think that there's a pattern of the world around us that might try to uh, respond with an accusation with another accusation or to try to get even or try to end arguments we think that there's a better way a way that speaks a better word. And uh, we thank you that we can walk in the way of forgiveness, the way of restoration, and the way of peace. So God, we thank you that we can resign all of the hardships of our life to you, and we can learn from you, because you are gentle and humble in heart, and you will teach us the great way of humility and the way of gentleness. And so God, this day we pray that you would give us the grace to do so. As we maybe even wade into some difficult waters relationally, Maybe next week, but as we think about Thanksgiving holiday and being around family where there might have been something out of sort, or maybe there's uh, some friction in the workplace, or maybe there's some disagreements at school. God, we thank you that uh, you, you give us a way forward and that the way of loneliness paves the way for restoration and forgiveness. And so, God, teach us your way. Uh, God, we, str- we struggle to be humble and we are proud in our nature, uh, just like the mocking crowd around Jesus at the cross. And so this day we ask, God, that you'd be our teacher, that we'd be eager learners, and that we would learn the way of forgiveness and the way of humility and the way of lowliness today as we face your world. So God, would you heal the world around us as you heal us? And may you, may you use us to be a conduit of that great love that continues to spread to the ends of the earth. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.